Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, this is your host, Jason Moore. Want to encourage you with a few thoughts today in regards to standing firm, standing firm. And uh, as we near the rapture, we're going to see uh, many things happen before us that will cause us to either stand firm or to become casualties. And the real difference is going to be our focus. It's really going to be our focus. If we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ, if we take our eyes off of truth, then uh, we possibly could cave, could easily uh, compromise, very much could uh, give in to the pressures that uh, surround us. But I wanted you to think of this verse here in Matthew 10, 34, and it's a verse that when I've read it or thought about it, I've always been a little bit like, ooh, you know, a little bit of my spirit, like, wow, this is, this is abrasive. This is, uh, this is challenging to think that Jesus would say this. You know, usually he's a peacemaker. Usually he's someone that is building bridges, wanting, uh, you know, to gather people together. But he says this in 1034, think it not that I've come to send peace on the earth, but I've come not to send peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He goes on to say, he that loveth his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not up his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. So think about this with me for a moment. Like, what is Jesus saying here? This is a hard saying. Well, there is a contrast or a division that Christ stands for in this sense. He's divided against the world. He stands for absolute truth. He stands for perfect righteousness. He stands for these uh, holy, holy standards that man could never attain or never produce. What happens in families or in relationships, sometimes sentimentality can come in. And that sentimental love, remember, is a love or a compassion that does not have truth. And that we can have these soul attachments, even even in the good sense where we are bonded and have great compassion. Uh, but is it based in truth? My relationships, your relationships will be challenged to see what the ingredients of them are. What is the ingredients of, of our relationships? What is the basis of them? What is the foundation of them? So Jesus is saying here, listen, uh, I'm not just here to have cooperation with people. I'm here to have unity. I want unity and the spirit of the bond of peace in Ephesians 4, 2. So when you think about a family unit, you look at our atomic family today, it's very dysfunctional. It's very fragmented. The moral structure has been uh, decaying. The leadership in the family is mocked. Uh, there's a usurping of authority. Why? Because the foundation in, has been removed. And when the foundations or the proper order of things has been removed, then the, the building cannot bear the weight of, of what it sits on. 
So Jesus is saying, I have come to, to divide in this sense, to, to say, listen, this stands for truth. This is something that will last. This is something that'll stand the test of time and, and go through the fire. And these other things, this other sentimentality, this other preference, this other uh, rhetoric will fall. It will falter. And I don't know about you, it's grieving for me to think about, even in my own family, maybe in your family too, opposing views and, uh, you know, just the spirit of um, division. And we, we, can't, we can't get upset in this sense against our, our family because, you know, it's more than just flesh and blood, as Ephesians 6.10 talks about. It's something supernatural. It's something that is kingdom oriented. Jesus stood for the kingdom of light. The world stands for the kingdom of darkness. And I'll tell you, if our focus is off of Jesus Christ, if it's on the news or if it's on the cultural rhetoric or the narrative, the secular narrative, or in our world these days, the Marxism, you know, remember with Marxism, if they cannot control the conversation, they will try to shut it down or cancel the people speaking it. Don't, don't get discouraged when, um, you know, people revile against you for what you believe in. Stand firm. Stand firm. And remember, the battle is the Lord's and it's not yours. Our, our privilege really is to stand in Christ, to stand in truth and not to back down. Certainly, we can be compassionate Certainly, we can be, you know, address capacity, sure, but we have no theology of apology. You know, I think of the world like a rabid dog, you know, it's vicious, unpredictable, nonsensical, uh, very aggressive. Uh, you know, you mess with its food or you mess with its agenda, they, uh, they'll snarl and snap at you. Um, you know, I remember working when I was 14 in an auto body shop and there was a German shepherd. Uh, he wasn't rabid, but he was definitely uh, protective of his surroundings. And I remember we were cleaning and uh, he, this dog was eating its food and we came near its food and he just went at us. He, you know, thankfully I had a broom in my hand to protect my, myself, but uh, this is what the world is like. You come near to their agenda and they will snap at you. And if, if we think we can coexist, if we think we can uh, be a friend of the world, then, you know, it's like releasing a snake in our bed and thinking, oh, it's not going to bite us. You know, we're naive to think we can coexist with the world. Really, our ministry is to present the gospel, to demonstrate the spirit of love Yes, but we are not of the world, and uh, the world has definitely got into the carnal Christian. You know, they, 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 you know, and when we'll be exposed when when it's really time to make decisions to stand firm. You know, will we pay the price? Will we stand in confidence? Well, we pray. We pray that God will give us the courage and the boldness to stand when it really counts. Well, Jesus here is saying, I have. You know, I am peace, but I have not come to bring a false peace in Revelation 6, 2. Uh, I have come to expose the lie. I've come to uh, make a contrast, a fork in the road. And, 
in this day and age, we are seeing that more and more. Well, some people may say, hey, you're a rebel. You know, very interestingly enough, a rebel is someone that is standing for another cause. They represent something different, something, something bigger than themselves, maybe we could say. Uh, are we rebels without a cause? No, we are rebels if, that, if we could use that terminology against the world to stand with Jesus Christ as Christ-like ones. You know, in Acts chapter 1 and also Acts chapter 11, the word Christian was actually a, a, a derogatory term. And, uh, you know, the world at that day was saying, oh, look at these little Christs or these, these Christ-like ones. And that's a compliment to us. We wear that badge with honor that we are Christians and uh, we represent an opposing view of the world. We stand in another way. We, uh, we represent a kingdom that's higher than us in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're sojourners and pilgrims. Don't lose this mindset. If we lose this mindset, if we are trying to be a friend of the world, if we're trying to be a diplomat or, uh, you know, then we will eventually compromise our most precious, uh, our most precious values and we'll give up our liberties for our securities. That's a big statement right there. So we are called to not just be in cooperation. You know, cooperation is when we are doing what we're doing based on natural preference, uh, maybe a common goal. But unity is much higher in Ephesians 4 too. It's the spirit and the bond of peace. It's a spirit. It's a surrendering of our will and a yielding and a, and a coming under in a submissive way to, to the words of Christ, to the absolute truth, to, uh, to, to kingdom principles. Now, the world is not going to understand that. They're going to call you and I names. They're going to put restrictions and limitations on us and wanting us to be a good citizen. No, notice that term, a good citizen. Uh, I think in, in the near future, we're going to see what, what's going on in China as the social social media, the social statuses where you'll be rated based on being a good citizen, a compliant citizen, a um, that you know you'll be judged and it'll affect your credit score. It'll affect your your natural way of living is how you are perceived. So if you become uh, opposing of natural views, governmental views, or of things that uh, rock the boat politically, then you and I potentially could, uh, you know, not potentially, but we will be affected uh, socially as well as uh, not only religiously. You know, and it's good to stand firm to 16.8 of Psalms, have our face like a flint unto Jesus Christ, because ultimately the opposition is must go through him <clears throat> and then to us. So we do not represent ourselves. We represent another kingdom, a foundation built and made uh, by God. <clears throat> so unity, what is unity? It's a beautiful loyalty, submission, surrender to the spirit, and an embracing of truth and a confession of truth and, and really saying, I do not count my life dear unto myself in Acts 20, 24. And that's a big statement, Paul said. And he goes on to say, this is why I was able to finish my course with joy, because I got out of the way. I got out of the way. I stopped stumbling on myself 
and I just began to represent and live for Christ and Christ alone. So the world has a different type of agenda, obviously. Uh, it's trying to undermine and erode the foundation so that what we stand on crumbles. This is why we do not build a house on sand, but we build it on the solid rock. And we are standing firm on a Christ-centered uh, cornerstone. Psalm chapter 118, he is our cornerstone. So again, uh, it's not about cooperating. It's about standing in unity. Of course, we want to be peacemakers. We want to be bridge builders. We want to be uh, really just compassionate. But you know, I've been hearing this a lot recently. So have you in Romans chapter 13, we must obey the people that rule over us. And if you look at R R Romans 13 in context, and if you watch how Jesus handled the political system when he walked on this earth, of course, he said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. So when you look at that, you have to look not only at what's being written there, you have to look at the whole big picture, which is if the political system or if the cultural norm goes against what God has written, then we obey God first rather than man. And that's a big deal. And I think as Christians, we will pay a price for that. We will lose friends for that. We will be uh, looked at as strange. Um, uh, why? Because when we obey God, it's better to obey, to obey God than to obey the world. And of course, being a good citizen, of course, knowing who Christ is and and his compassion and his truth, demonstrating love, we become an excellent citizen. But it's but it's not based on my identity as a citizen. It's First uh, John three sixteen. We lay down our life uh, in love, and greater love hath no man than this than than he that layeth down his life for his friends. So it's not a question of community and love, but it's it's a question of what what we're motivated by, what we stand in, what are we based. What is it that we do is what's it based on? If it's just based on, um, you know, being a good citizen, you know, being a tree hugger and a, and a, uh, oh, what can I say here? There's so many nuances we could say, uh, you know, that, that just makes us, uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> we just have to be Christ-centered. And then when we're Christ-centered, we're out of the way, and therefore we're able to love people with a Christ-centered love. And uh, it's not all ways lead to heaven. It's Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but through him. So this precision and this preciseness will be offensive for people, and let it be offensive. Don't worry about course, we don't go out of our way to offend people, but the truth is offensive. The cross is offensive. It is, an, it is advanced or forward thinking because man in his stupidity and nonsensicalness will, ro will roll around and run in circles and uh, eventually, um, you know, just like a drain would go, they would just go down. So Jesus is saying, you know, I have not come to bring a false peace, but I've come to bring the Prince of Peace. And that comes through truth, for the truth sets you free. Now, of course, the devil wants to divide. He wants to disrupt our emotions. He wants us to get into our flesh, fight people, fight principles. Um, he wants to have all these different types of programs. But 
prayer and acting in wisdom, acting in faith is so much more powerful than a thousands of words, thousands of steps, thousands of actions that are self-centered and not Christ-centered. Well, think about this with me uh, to stand firm. I want to give you a couple of verses here that help us understand what it means to stand firm. Well, Philippians 4.1, it says this, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, in whom I long to see my joy and my crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord Jesus, my beloved. 1 Corinthians 16.13, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. It's amazing. Philippians 1.27, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amazing. How do we stand firm? Well, we are simply hid in Christ, Colossians 3, 2 and 3, our expectations or our affections are on things above. Now, that word affections is very interesting because, you know, what we love, what we hold dear, what we uh, consider valuable to us must be rooted and grounded in Christ because our affections, what we love, what what we are count dear unto ourselves, it can be an idol if it comes before God. Now, God says, everything that you have, give it to me, and I will make you a good steward of it in 1 Timothy 2.12, and I will even protect it, he says there in 1 Timothy 2.12. But if my possessions or if your possessions possess you, then there will be a tug of war one day. Uh, you know, will I will Christ be the one I stand on or will I try to keep my possessions and my materials and eventually compromise my faith and compromise what we stand for? He's saying, stand firm, be immovable. How can we be immovable? Well, God is keeping us in one place. We're not standing in two places in our hearts and in our minds. We're not compromising or caving or complying. Now, again, our religious freedoms, we, we certainly love and appreciate them, and they're worth um, defending at all costs here in our country. Recently, I was reading a story about a Canadian pastor that was jailed for preaching the gospel during the pandemic, and I was listening to a testimony from his wife, and it's just shocking to me that uh, the world, not it's not shocking, I guess, but the world can turn on someone doing um, something that would address the mental health crisis, not just a health crisis. We have a mental health crisis in our nations. Uh, the isolation, the uh, alienation, the suicides, all that's going on. Like here's a man preaching the gospel, preaching truth, pointing people to Jesus. And because he will not be compliant and be a good little citizen and stay inside his little house and and we're in this all together and all this party line nonsense. Um, you know, they, they put him in jail for a season. And, you know, I just think I so respect this man because he stood for truth and he said, Lord, it's just like the three Hebrew boys. You know, we're not going to be careful to, to, to answer this matter, Nebuchadnezzar. So 
<laughs> you know, do what you're going to do, and you're going to see that God is going to be faithful to us. He's going to be faithful to us. And isn't that true? He is. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. So this man is now released, but I just think, what a testimony. Think about this. Revelations 12, uh, 10 through 12, we see they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What's your testimony today? What are you standing on today? Uh, what are you uh, defending today? Uh, if it's not Christ-centered, it's going to one day oppose Christ. If, uh, if, it's, if what you have is not something that Christ gave you, it'll maybe one day take you away from Christ. We want to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of God. You know, hold fast, it says in Revelations 3, 1 and 2. Hold fast to those things that remain, lest they be taken. Believe me, the devil is not neutral. You know, I see a lot of Christians today kind of dancing around the issues. Listen, Satan is not neutral. If you're neutral, if I'm neutral, guess what? We will be put pushed back. You know, by the way, if we don't stand for something, we're going to fall for anything. So this is a day to pray. This is a day to be, uh, I don't want to say rebellious, but a rebel might be a good thing these days to say, hey, listen, I stand for something higher. Uh, I believe that freedom is a gift from God and shouldn't be sold to the highest bidder. I believe that holiness is more, than, more important than happiness. I believe that gathering together is our, not only our, our religious freedom, but it's, it's uh, when I'm spiritually healthy, when you're spiritually healthy, we are also mentally healthier. So encourage each other, encourage yourself, encourage others to, to not just kind of enter into this herd mentality or this defense mode, but to be offensive, to draw near, to stay humble, but to be also with a little bit of backbone. Let's, let's not be spiritual jellyfishes where, oh, you know, we got to, you got to be a good little citizen. Well, I don't want to be a good little citizen for the devil. How about that? I want to, I want to just uh, honor God before men. I want to honor God with, with you to uh, be one that just uh, says, yes, Lord, I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful in unity with your spirit as a Christ-centered believer. So today, maybe uh, it's very possible. I mean, I've seen this, you've seen this, people are discouraged. Maybe their emotions are disrupted. They're divided. Satan divides and conquers in these times. But you know what? What do we do in these times? We hear the voice of the shepherd. We hear the voice of truth. We hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And uh, when the Marxist ideology comes in, when people are uh, presenting a, a counterfeit mindset, it's clear. It's clear the counterfeit, the angel of light. And we were gracious, but we stand firm. We present and demonstrate Christ. And if people get offended, then they get offended. Uh, we do all things. We owe no man nothing but to love them. But you know what, though? Truth falls in the street and justice goes backwards. That's where we are in the book of Isaiah. We see this. Truth is falling in the streets. So today we can be truth bearers, image bearers, truth ambassadors. And we can say, hey, listen, I do not have a theology of apology today. 
And uh, I am so thankful that the truth of grace is absolute and does not depend on me. The truth of mercy removes what we deserve and, and gives us a brand new beginning. Uh, the truth of forgiveness, that we've been forgiven, that God has bore all of our sins. Imagine that Easter week coming up. God has bore all of your sins. The truth of that, we are not our sin. We are not, uh, we're not anything that the devil says, but we're everything that God says. The truth of, of forgiveness that he has paid for the sins of the whole world the whole world in 1 John 2, 2, that anybody can come, whosoever will may come at any time, in any condition, you know, whosoever will in John 3, 16 and 17, and will not be condemned, but will be saved. The truth of loving kindness, he's drawing us, he's always looking and pursuing us, the truth of that, the truth even what Pilate said, what is truth? I think that is the question of the ages where, of course, a non-believer will uh, be vacillating in their truth because truth depends on them. They deify themselves and they become, uh, you know, they overestimate themselves and underestimate God. Truth and relativism and secularism may say truth is what you make it. Your truth is not necessarily my truth. And how convenient is that? You know, they have no accountability. So they live lawlessly. And uh, one day they will, uh, they will be judged by the lawgiver and they'll be found wanting. So the truth of salvation, the truth of hell, the truth of heaven that these are real places, no matter if we believe them or if we don't believe them, Romans 3.3, 3, they are real places. 222 times it talks about hell in the Bible and 88 times it talks about heaven in the Bible. What do you think Jesus was saying? Almost three times as much. He's saying, stand firm and preach the truth. Preach, minister, represent lay down your life, be one that is a truth bearer, because the truth will stand, the truth will outlast the lie. Remember, the most powerful lie is the one that's closest to the truth. So truth always exposes the lie, the lie of shame, the lie of fear, the lie of guilt. You know, it, every fear is a lie. Why? Because it, it, it says no to who God is. It says no to the promises of God when actually faith says yes, yes, yes. Well, today, I hope you're encouraged by these thoughts. Uh, remember, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I think of, uh, you know, this principle of, of how, um, you know, truth will outlast the lie. Truth will outlast mankind. Truth, and Jesus is not only the written truth, the living truth, he's the spoken truth. And today he's in our hearts. So let's speak the truth in love. Let's represent who he is in love. And let's enjoy the presence and power of God as he answers prayer, but also shows himself mighty to those that live and stand in truth. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.